This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. My message this weekend is titled, My Journey Through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. I believe this message is going to encourage you and inform you. It'll help you and bless you. All right. Starting back in January 2020, the Holy Spirit began to warn me that my arteries were blocked. I kept sensing the need to have them checked. And some of you may be wondering what caused my arteries to get blocked. About 18 months before the heart attack, I started eating fried calamari and fried crab cakes at a great restaurant here called Papa Doug's. I never used to eat fried foods. So this is about 18 months of eating the wrong diet. And I worked until one or two o'clock in the morning, most mornings, which is also something that I should not have done. I made three appointments with Lifeline screening to have ultrasound done in my arteries, but the clinic canceled my appointment because of COVID. So I should have persisted and tried other venues to get this test done because the Holy Spirit was talking to me about having my arteries checked. Several times he spoke to me for the last 18 months. Now, had I done that, I would have discovered that my arteries were blocked. The one was 100% blocked and the other one was 60% blocked. I would have been able to solve the problem because about 10 years ago, I had my arteries checked and they were both blocked 30%. I used natural remedies and got them cleared totally cleared in three months. The last three months before the heart attack, it became very difficult for me to breathe during my exercise, my workout. I like to exercise five times a week and sometimes six. But I would confess the word of God while I was working out and I would work through the pain. My lungs felt like they were on fire, like somebody lit, lit a match. And my, uh, my lungs were full of petrol gas and it caught a fire. It was very painful. On November 3, 2020, I took about 19 minutes to do my 60 minute workout because the pain was so extreme the whole time. I had to stop after every set that I did. Now, after getting out of the shower, I told Pastor Bev, I'm going to meditate in the scriptures. That was unusual. That's something I did most nights, almost every night. And so she understood that would be fine. And I sat down in my closet. My closet is a big space open up area with where I hang up all my clothes and my shoes and everything. 
Nice carpet on the floor and a chair in there. And um, so I sat down in my dressing room for about two hours on the chair and confessed the scriptures. But the pain got worse. So I lay down on the carpet because I could not sit in the chair. The pain was too severe. I continued confessing the scriptures lying on the carpet. And eventually I couldn't speak anymore. So I called out to Pastor Bev, who was in the bedroom close by. And uh, I asked her to come and confess the scriptures over me because I couldn't speak anymore. When she looked at me, she was in shock because she had no idea what I was going through. I never told her anything. When she suspected that there was something wrong, I just confessed, no, no, everything's fine. Praise God, you know, the Lord is the strength of my life. And uh, I refused to talk anything negative. Another hour or two went by, I was now surprised that I had not received manifestation of my healing because of my faith. You understand, I expected my faith to work, it always does. And I expected the pain to go and me to get up and be fine, which never happened. So now I'm surprised because it's about four hours of this. And I realized that time was running out and I knew in a few minutes I was gonna die. That came to me at that time. Came to me, in a few minutes you will die. I had no idea what God had been doing for me under the radar while we were confessing the scriptures. I did not know that he'd been working to help me. And he had. But always remember this. If we don't listen to God's warning about a coming storm in our lives, we will have to go through the storm. Yes, the Lord will be with us as we go through the storm and help us. If we continue trusting him through the storm, that is. I thought I had a lung infection of some kind. I knew it wasn't COVID because I didn't have any of the COVID um, symptoms. I never thought the extreme fire-like burning in my lungs was a heart problem. I never thought that. I never thought that this fire in my lungs had anything to do with blocked arteries. They never crossed my mind. I never connected the dots. I never asked God for wisdom until that moment because I really thought I would receive my healing by my faith. Then finally, I asked God for wisdom. I'm lying there now. I realize my faith hasn't got the answer for me. And there's a problem. It's not God's side, it's my side. And I immediately knew in my heart that I should call Dr. Gopi. Now, Dr. Gopi Chandra Hassan and his lovely wife Sandy have become very good friends of ours over the years 
and they live right across the street from us in our neighborhood. Directly across the street, we can look from our house across to their house. And Gopi is a senior hospitalist for Envision Healthcare and has a very senior position at the downtown Methodist Hospital. A very large hospital. They have about 1,200 doctors that work there. And at that exact moment, Pastor Bev said to me, let's call Dr. Godby. So I knew that was absolute confirmation. I knew it, she said it. And both of us obviously were in agreement then. And when he came over to our home that night, he walked across the street, Dr. Gopi immediately diagnosed that I had or was having a heart attack. And he instructed us to call 911. He told the ambulance which hospital to go to. And then he called the hospital and arranged for a team of people to meet me on my arrival in the ambulance. And Pastor Bev and Dean followed right behind the ambulance in Dean's car, Dean was driving. Now obviously this ambulance was going through red robots and stop streets and they stayed right on the tail of that ambulance, didn't let it go out of their sight. And when I arrived at the hospital, they wheeled me into what appeared to be a private receiving area and there were about a dozen people there waiting for me. <clears throat> and among all these people waiting for me, there was a man standing there, a distinguished looking man, about six feet, two inches in height, very well built and very focused. And this man was looking at the monitor that I was connected to. I was connected to a heart monitor, all sorts of patches on me and wires, and I had to look at this man for a moment before I recognized him because he had a mask on. He was Dr. George Alvarez. Now he is a wonderful man, he and his precious, wonderful wife, Becky, are great neighbors and they live actually right next to us and next door. Now he's one of the best two cardiologists and surgeons in Texas. One of the best two in Texas. So as I said, I was attached to this heart monitor and he was totally focused on the screen. After about two minutes, well, about a minute or two, I guess, he said the word morphine. And they must have ha already had the syringe loaded because the word was hardly out of his mouth and that needle was going into my shoulder. He gave another instruction and he took off walking fast down this passage. And they pushed me right on his heels, followed him, and um, 
While we're going down this passage, that's when I lost consciousness. Now, the next thing that became clear to me, because uh, everything else coming around was fuzzy and hazy, but when things became clear to me, I was in intensive care and Pastor Bev was at my side. She told me what had happened. She told me that I'd had the heart attack and that I'd had a surgical procedure. She told me that Dr. George came to see her after the surgery. She was in a large reception room sitting there by herself, waiting to find out what had happened to me. And he told her that I had had a very serious heart attack. And he called it the widow maker and said I was very lucky to be alive. Now obviously, we believe the Lord had worked through Dr. George. About three days later, I spoke to George. He told me he wasn't supposed to be on duty that night. For some reason, he was called in before I arrived at the hospital. He told me that he has performed surgery on several of his friends in San Antonio because he grew up in the city. He knew a lot of folks here and some of them he's actually done surgery on. He said, even though he had done this through the years, but he said something very unusual happened while he was working on me. He said the thought kept going around in his heart and mind. The whole time that he was working on me, this thought was, I must make sure that this man walks with his grandchildren in the street again. So this thought kept going around his heart and mind the whole time he's doing the surgery on me. I must make sure that this man walks in the street with his grandchildren again. About a year before this heart attack, our family and his family had passed each other walking on the street in our neighborhood. Now clearly God was dealing with him during the surgery by impressing this on his heart to take the extra care, whatever I'm sure is always 100% focused, but nevertheless, the Holy Spirit was dealing with his heart and mind and God was working through this great surgeon. Now let's consider all that God did during the time that I went through this problem. While I was lying on the carpet at midnight, confessing the word of God with Pastor Bev, God worked under the radar. I couldn't see what he was doing, but he was working for me. Number one, Dr. Gopi was at home across the street. He could have been or might have been 
on midnight shift at the hospital, but he wasn't. He was at home and he was awake at midnight. <laughs> Number two, Dr. George was waiting for me at the hospital when I arrived. They wheeled me in, he was standing there. Number three, about a dozen people were woken up by the Holy Spirit to pray for me, and some were woken up by dreams to pray for me. That very same night, God woke people up in the middle of the night through dreams to pray for me. I was in so much pain, I didn't feel God at all. I never felt his presence. In fact, it felt like I was far from God. And yet God is working. Because of all the pain, I couldn't feel anything. I was so overcome by the pain that everything else was a blur, actually. Because Pastor Bev and I were confessing the word of God, God was working. And I had been confessing the word for three months, actually, the last three months before the heart attack. Throughout my workout and during the day, I confess that the Lord is the strength of my life and that I am perfectly healed according to 1 Peter 2.24. But I kept eating fried foods. <laughs> you know, you can't keep your hand on the stove and believe God to heal that you am. You've got to take it off the stove, right? <laughs> you can't keep hitting your thumb down with a hammer and say, God, I believe you're healing my thumb. You can't do it. It's not going to work. We don't always see what God is doing for us while we are trusting him in our time of adversity, our time of struggle or challenge or trial. We don't always see. We're not always aware of what God is doing for us at that moment in time. Now, in the book of Jonah, in the Bible, we read, that Jonah was told by God to go preach the gospel in the city of Nineveh. And they were particularly sinful people, particularly sinful. And Jonah did not want to go because he knew if, they, if he did go, they'd repent and God would forgive them. And Jonah did not want God to forgive them. <laughs> so he refused to go. So now Jonah's on a boat, and the storm's about to sink the boat, and Jonah tells the sailors and the captain of the ship that he is responsible for the storm and the boat that's about to sink because he refused to go and preach in Nineveh. And he says, if you'll throw me overboard, the storm will stop. And so they threw him overboard, and the storm stopped. And a great big whale came and swallowed Jonah. And then Jonah realized he needs to repent and go to Nineveh. I wonder why. <laughs> Anyhow, he asked God to forgive him. He repented. And then he asked God to save him and get him out of that fish. 
And the Bible tells us he praised God from that moment on. He praised God after praying that prayer. He praised God because he believed God heard his prayer and God was taking care of his problem, even though he couldn't see it. Imagine now, it's dark down there in that well. There's all sorts of acid and seaweed and half-rotten fish or whatever this well is eating. Must stunk like hell. And he doesn't know which way this well is swimming. Now for three days, that well kept swimming and he had no direction. He had no idea what direction that well was going. But he kept praising God. Father, I thank you for delivering me. Praise God, I'm free. I believe you've heard my prayer. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You don't need faith when you can see the answer. We need faith when we can't see the answer. That's why it's called faith. So because Jonah disobeyed God and wouldn't listen to God, he had to go through his storm. But God kept him because he kept believing. And the well spat him out and he went and preached to Nineveh and exactly that happened and all got saved. In Acts chapter 27, Paul the Apostle was on his way to, the, to Rome because he had appealed to Caesar for judgment. And uh, this boat, filled with sailors and soldiers taking Paul to Rome, arrived at an island, a large island called Crete, and were at the port of Crete called Fair Havens. And the other ship wanted to go to the next port on the same island of Crete called Phoenix because winter was setting in and the captain knew that Phoenix was a far better port to winter in than Fair Havens. Fair Havens would not have protected the boat from the strong winds and the rains and so on and Phoenix would have. And so um, Paul knew in his heart that they should not leave Fair Havens to go down to Crete even though it was close by because there was danger ahead if they left. So he says that if they sailed from there they would experience much loss of the ship and possibly their lives. Their lives would be in danger if they left the port of Fair Haven. And he told this to the captain and to the, the owner of the ship. And uh, they discussed it. And the, uh, the sailors all said, no, we'll be fine. It's close by. There's a calm now. Let's go. So they disregarded Paul's warning, which was the Holy Spirit guiding them 
and they took off. Well, as they left the harbour, a terrible wind came, blew them out to sea, and after many days, all hope was gone of their being saved. They had thrown everything that was heavy overboard, except a little bit of food, and they all had given up hope. The Bible says all hope was gone. And Paul went downstairs and spent a few days of God in prayer alone. And um, an angel of the Lord appeared to Paul. Now, while Paul's praying, the storm was beating up on that little ship that had 276 people on board. And now modern boats today can have up to 5,000 people on board. And um, I guess you can ask the question, why did God not calm the storm for Paul after all that intense prayer, like God did, for example, on the Sea of Galilee with Jesus and the disciples? Because the captain did not listen to Paul's advice or the Holy Spirit's direction. They had to go through the storm. The Bible tells us in Acts 10, uh, 27, verse 2, 22, Acts 27, 22, For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me by the angel. However, we must run aground on a certain island. Once again, my question is, why did God not instruct the angel to just calm the storm? Why did they have to get shipwrecked on an island? Praise God, no one died, but they lost everything. And the answer is simple. They did not listen to God's guidance and stay in the harbour of their havens, like they should have. And so they had to go through the storm. The same thing happened with Jonah, and the same thing happened with me. However, after all is said and done, I believe what Jesus said in Hebrews 13, verse 5, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I believe those words. Child of God, you can trust in those words. Jesus will never leave you and he will never forsake you. God was working the whole time, even though I couldn't see him, even though I couldn't feel him. And that's how it is with faith. When we stand on the word of God, it's not an emotional experience. We must depend completely on God's word. We must ignore our emotions and our feelings at that time of crisis. If we want to walk by faith and trust God, there is no other way.
That's how faith works. To stay on the word, no matter what happens. And if we trust God by faith, he honors that. And as I said, I learned an experience, which I've learned many times before, and that is always instantly obey the voice of your spirit. If God leads you to do something, do it. Don't hesitate. I won't hesitate. I've learned once more how important it is to listen to the Holy Spirit's guidance. I don't want to go through any more storms in my life. I love you. God bless you. Bow your heads, please. If you're not sure that you will go to heaven one day, you can be. Say this little prayer with me if you want that assurance. Say these words, Dear Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart and save my life. I declare you are the Lord of my life and I will live for you with all my heart till I see you on that wonderful day. If you said that from your heart, God bless you. We'll see you in heaven. Hope to see you before that. God bless you all. From Pastor Bev and me, we love you with all our hearts and we're praying for you every day. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.